Hi, my name is Andrea, and you're listening to Author Chat. This podcast is dedicated to interviewing indie authors and creators while discussing their unique works and what they have planned for the future. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I look forward to your listening. Cheers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Author Chat with Andrea. I'm your host, Andrea Rose Washington, and I'm the indie author of Adelithea, the Alindo series, Amatrice Magic, and my favorite book journal. Today, I am joined by the wonderful author, Sarah M. Schaller. She is the author of the Empyrean Trilogy. Welcome, and thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Andrea. I'm really happy to be here, and I'm excited to talk with you tonight. And uh, yeah, just I'm happy to be here. I'm very excited for you to be here too, because for for people who don't know, um, I met uh, Sarah at New York Comic Con last year. Um, It was my first New York Comic Con. Was it your first one? I don't remember. Yeah. It was her first one too. And we met there and I saw her booth and I was like, I know this girl did not come up in here with actual angel wings. (laughs) And they were beautiful. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyone, like you have to follow her on Instagram and you have to check out her uh there's a photo of her in front of the angel wings yeah. and I'm just like I I just felt so lacking <laughs> <laughs> I saw those angel wings and I was just like okay I need to know what this book's about just because those are beautiful and I need to know more about what is going on so if you don't mind, um, do you mind telling us a little bit about what your trilogy is about? Because those wings deserve all the attention right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so like my quick little pitch that I usually tell people is uh, it's the series is essentially about a boy that gets caught in a battle between heaven and hell here on Earth. And where that starts in book one is in New York, where he meets Archangel Gabriel. And they team up, essentially, and travel around the world to find the other angels. Um, So it's a big quest full of action and adventure, and that carries on throughout the series as they have to go find other uh, angels and other, like, objects and things like that. Um, But really what it is, it's just full of a lot of angel lore. So, and what I kind of like to say about that is, like, so the war in heaven, um, the fall of Satan, um, kind of about, like, the Nephilim and the Watchers. So that's where Mm -hmm. all the angel stuff comes in, and that's, that's why we had the wings, and we have... Um, white and black and at New York I was only able to bring like one white and one black but then we just did Denver because that's home for me so I was able to bring two full sets and I always wanted to do the two full sets because they're just they really are just really cool they really are (laughs) (laughs) I may or may not have one to take them but we're not we're not gonna talk about that Um, so this is a very, um, interesting idea because I've seen other sort of versions of like an angel, um, story, but more of when like they're descendants of angels and not like the actual beings themselves. So what made you decide to tell this story? Like, what was the idea, the, the, the seed that made this grow? Yeah. So, um, I, I got this story idea like when I was 12, believe it or not. Um, And I think what it was, was when I was younger, like I just was always fascinated by angels. That just kind of was my thing. Like to me, they were like the superheroes when like superheroes weren't a thing at the time. Um, So I just always was interested in them. But then I think what started happening was I was reading books about angels that had more of that plot line where they're descendants or maybe it was like 
a romance kind of like a paranormal romance novel which mm-hmm. oh that's great but like to me I just didn't see the angels that way I saw them as these angels like everybody kind of knows from either like the bible or like mm-hmm. just from these you know stories you hear and so I kind of essentially wrote the story I always wanted to read kind of thing yeah. um but I, yeah so but I think the like kind of the seed though really was you know it started with like this what if question of just like what if there were angels living amongst us and because mm-hmm. I was you know 12 and I thought oh that would be so cool if they were living amongst us but then I started kind of like researching them and like their war and all that and I started realizing like okay there's this like war that happens that nobody really knows why and I just had all these questions so that what if question that I started with then kind of sprawled into like more um so it was like what if angels were amongst us but what if they were here and kind of like assimilated into our society and if that happened the why and that's kind of where the war came in and then it kind of just all sprawled out from there that is a great great um answer because i love when stories start from the what if and not yeah. because they're trying to fulfill some outward need but it's, comes, yeah. but it's completely inward of huh what if so and so did this this and this um my book one of my books uh i was walking through dc where i live and i that whole idea came from because of what if and mm-hmm. honestly that's probably my most fun book to write because it was i was answering my own question Mm-hmm. Um, so I love when authors, other authors are writing from the what if scenario of what if X, Y, and Z versus someone wants to read this story. So I need yeah. to write it for them versus writing the story you want to read. Yeah. Because yeah. you'll never go wrong with that. And that is, that is perfect. So did you ever feel like it was sort of essential for you to tell the story this way? Um, or was it something where... Like, was it something like where you couldn't like, you know, I couldn't get out of my head and the only way I was ever going to get some sleep is if I actually wrote it down or was it this, um, I just want to write this and see what happens. Uh, no, it was definitely one of those, uh, it kind of was, I had to get it out. Like, and if I didn't get it out, it would bother me kind of thing. Uh, and like I said, so I got the idea when I was probably around 12 and I didn't start writing though until I was gosh probably like 21 mm-hmm. so it it was in my mind for a really long time um and so it was one of those like i had to get it out at some point and i think the only reason why i waited was one i i struggled with reading growing up so like just even the thought of like writing a book was like how am i going to do that if i'm not even that great of a reader um so there was one like just trying to find confidence in my writing kind of thing but i think at the mm-hmm. same time what i kind of was happy that i waited was because um once I went into like college and like my undergrad, I had studied like art and and literature and religion. And that kind of just like brought it all together and was kind of extra research in a way. So mm-hmm. it helped uh, in the end to like kind of wait. But, yeah, no, I definitely am like I had to write them. And even now I'm like I have all these plans for these stories and I'm just like I, I have to get I have to get them out. I, I couldn't just keep them in. Okay, we're going to hold. I'm going to make a note to come back to your plans um, <laughs> in a moment. <laughs> um, because I feel like we could just talk forever about future plans. Yeah. Um, but I do some other things that we need to chat about. So what is your writing process like? Because you do have three, 
you have two books right now and the third one's coming out on the 13th of September. I, I believe that's the date. Yes. Yep. That's the third um, So how, cause you know, finding time to actually sit down and write is one thing, but then actually finishing it, writing, editing, promoting, all of that comes with being an indie author. How, what's your process like for completing that to getting it from idea to finished product? I'm holding a book in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, like, so my writing process, I tend to be the kind of writer that I keep it in my head for such, like, kind of a, a period of time that by when I'm ready to start writing, I kind of, like, just brain dump it out. Mm -hmm. Like, and I wouldn't say it's not necessarily all in one sitting, but I usually take, like, a designated, like, I could get it out in, like, a few days or weeks or something like that. Um but at the same time, that's how I do it. But I also, it's been such a struggle though to do it that way. Like I always tell myself, you gotta change how you do it because it's just like, it takes a toll on you when you do it that way. So I always then try to be like, oh, you should write like little by little every day, but that doesn't seem to work for me. So I tend to be the kind of brain dump writer. Um, but with that being said though, I still um, try to set like a word count goal roughly, whether that's like mm -hmm. per day or per week or Per month or whatever that may be so that's kind of how I, I write but I do I guess I do a lot of planning beforehand so that way when I'm ready to write I feel like I, I kind of know where where I'm going and what I'm doing um but in the same sense I wouldn't call myself a plotter because I usually just know like beginning and end and then I have to fill in the <laughs> middle or whatever so I kind of plan to the extent that I feel ready to write but I guess with all the other stuff though um I think once once I like write it and then you send it off to the editor, um, once it's like out of my hands, I try to work on like some of that other back end stuff. So I do all of my design. So my cover and my interior and all that. Um, I know I surprise people when I'm I sorry. Wait, I common knowledge. I really did. I this happened to me like at least twice before, and people are like, "Wait, what?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't know. People didn't know that." So it's more of like the shock that so like every author, I feel like every author wishes they had the artistic ability to make their covers, and your your mm -hmm. covers are gorgeous. Um, Thank you. Everyone who's listening in live right now, if you can open up another uh, browser and check out her books, her covers are gorgeous. And the fact that you just, they are. you did them, her covers are sleek, they are clean, they are beautiful. And you did it, them yourself. I did. And th this I'm is like, how I do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but this is like how I do everything. Cause like, I mean, I make it kind of harder on myself in a way, but at the same time, I, when I first, like when I was doing book one, I actually tried to like hire someone to do the cover and it, it like went fine but like the artwork I got I felt like it was just cool artwork for like the book mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily like a cover and I think for me being a like graphic designer I think it was really hard for me and so but at the same time I was like this is so much pressure to do the cover and so I was kind of playing around with stuff and then I eventually got to this but like it wasn't something I had plans to do going into all this but um they turned out they turned out really good so i'm i'm happy about that but more than good they're beautiful, they are beautiful. <laughs> thank you 
Um, but yeah, so while like the book itself is out of my hands, I try and do some of that other stuff to kind of take the pressure off down the line. Um, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I mean, I work a full time day job, so like it's kind of trying to manage everything, at, like juggling almost. Um, but then, yeah, so once the book comes back to me, um, then we work on edits and it, I tend to be better when I have like a deadline that I didn't set myself for some reason. Like when I have a deadline that someone else is expecting me to fulfill, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get this done. Whereas if it's me, I'm like, oh, I got time. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Um, but I keep telling myself I do, but it's not. So, I mean, it is a constant like struggle. Like it's not a, it's it's not a perfect, like I have, I don't have a perfect plan. Um, I wish I did. It's just kind of like, I go and try to make it all work. And I actually thought like maybe next year I would try and do like a, like a catch up year in a way to really like make more of a fine tune plan. Um, but it's really just, uh, I guess if you love it, you find the time for it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know with me, like, when it's the writing like when I actually have to draft like there's nothing on the page it's always just like nights and weekends then um or if I have like some I guess like vacation I could take I'll maybe take a few days and just write or something like that but yeah that's kind of the process <laughs> um, well I have to say you have one up on a lot of people just because <laughs> you have the ability I always find whenever I work with a graphic artist and the person who done my who who um who has done my covers, I love them. They are amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, so but you have good covers. Thank you. No, they're great. They're great. <laughs> but it's, it's that process of trying to download what we see in our head mm -hmm. into a manageable, workable, actual that makes sense paragraph to tell the graphic artist this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> And you can skip all of that because you see in your head what you're sort of looking for. Um, I remember going back and forth with my graphic artist, like, okay, I think I want this idea. I think I maybe want a crown on it for my first book. And I was like, and then maybe like a castle in the background, I'm thinking, and then maybe like some woods thrown in there. And then off of that, he put my cover together for Agile with and I was just like, oh, look, you figured it out. Cause I didn't actually know what I wanted. <laughs> um, Okay, I'm just gonna say I'm jealous, so jealous that you can, um, that you're that amazing that you can make your own covers. Whoo, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then on your part about deadlines, that um, I definitely agree with you when it comes to when I make my own deadlines, I don't follow them. Mm -mm. I've had to uh, do Comic Cons as deadlines. Like if I know I need to have a new book out by this Comic Con just because it makes sense that's to have another idea. one. Yeah. Um, I have had to make Comic-Cons my deadlines because okay. I'm like, okay, if I don't have it, I'm making less money. I can't sell yeah. this. I can't continue the story on with people. Um, but yeah, you're definitely right. Having other people set a deadline actually works so much better <laughs> than setting one yourself. Um, it's, it's, oh, the process of being an author, oh. uh, a writer. It's fun, but it's also a second full-time job. Mm-hmm. Well, third, actually it's a, two full-time jobs for you because yeah. you also do graphic arts. So, oh my gosh, still going to be stuck on that. I think I might be stuck on that for like ever. <laughs> <laughs> so you have three books in this trilogy. Um, which one was the most fun for you to write? And not which one was your favorite, but which one was the most fun for you to write? Hmm. And why? 
If you can say why, if it doesn't give away spoilers. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a tough question. Um, I want to say book one only because uh, I kind of, like, I really knew that story from, like, start to finish, even the middle. Like, I knew that whole thing. I knew where I wanted it to go. Um and I had had it in my head for so long that it, and then it translated onto the page really well, like that. So that probably was my favorite to write. Um, but I think why I hesitated because book three um, wasn't necessarily the same with like, I had everything planned out, but I don't know, for some reason it just came um, a little bit easier. Uh, and I think, I feel like, when I go back and read book one, I could still see, cause like, that's my first book. And I, I could just mm -hmm. see the growth by like book three. And I just think the process of book three, it was a little bit, I don't know, nicer than like book one. I just felt like there were so many unknowns. Like I was writing this and I knew mm -hmm. what I wanted to write, but I was like, I don't know if people are going to like this. And I don't know, like yeah. it was a lot of unknowns, but I loved writing it. Whereas book three, I felt like I had more skill and mm -hmm. I knew people like, they're like dying to read this book so i felt better that way i skip over book two because that book oh my gosh if it was the which was your least favorite oh my god <laughs> was literally a frankenstein book like i can't even tell you like the editing that had to happen on that but at the same time like looking back on it i'm like i'm kind of glad because it made me like such a better writer but at the same time i was like that first draft i was like what is what is this like where are we going i i don't even know how it is what it is right now i who i've been there before yeah, yeah. <laughs> um if i so my second book for the Alundo series just came out uh, a couple weeks ago and that's that book for me because yeah. it's definitely um it's definitely uh that that one that one was a Frankenstein because what it started as and what it ended as is not the same thing. And there's a difference of your your book growing as you edit it because you you think of okay I can fix this I can add this to no eighty percent of your book is gone <laughs> and you have to basically build up the rest from the bones and you have to figure it. It's a uh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely I can understand having a Frankenstein book. You think, okay, this the world's already created. I I can just go ahead and continue on, and then no, no, yeah. you can't. It's, it's a it's very much that second book always gets people. I think. Yeah, you know, and I heard like people talk about second book syndrome and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I I experienced it, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, and I don't know. I like I said, I just really don't know why. Um. And then there's a part of me that I think about, like, I know in my books, like, I have all these, like, I have different point of views. Like, it's not one point of view all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I have all these storylines, and that's a lot of, like, weaving and tying. But I think what was happening with me in book two the most was, like, I was trying to introduce, like, storylines and characters, like, way ahead before they should have been. Like, so I think it was more mm -hmm. of, like, I had to take a step back and be like, okay, you need to be patient. Like, they'll have their time. They're coming. But, like, you got to just wait. <laughs> Oh, telling a writer to wait. I know. It's like, I just need people to know the story. Exactly. And you want it all like on the page right there, right now. But it's like, mm -hmm. no, you got to, you got to scale it back. That's what my editor kept saying. I was like, okay, okay. And it worked out. It's, it's wonderful now, but I just, it was hard in the moment to do that. 
No, definitely, definitely, definitely understand that. I um uh I don't know if m- many people know this. Um, so my book Adelothea was originally supposed to be a trilogy, and I had wrote book one and book two, and mm-hmm. then I messed up book two because of exactly what you're talking about. That mm-hmm. I could not finish book three because I messed it up so bad. Like the story was good, but I had just wanted to fit so many characters in, and yeah. I basically put part of book three into book two and so there was no longer a book three yeah and it's just like oh crap so i had like, to pull them all off and i just republished it as one book as Lothia, the entire series because it's oh, just nice. because i i know yeah i'm like yeah. i know and i worked very hard to make sure i didn't do what i did for that series <laughs> to the alinda one because it is a second book syndrome you get very excited because you know people love your work and you just want to start continuing and what happens happens. <laughs> <laughs> so it's between one and three, as we can see, but which one's your favorite? Um, but I get this question at every single con. Um, and I don't know why people ask this question because it's like asking which child do you love the most? Which book is your favorite? Mm. I know it's a trilogy, but still you can have one that maybe speaks to you more. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I so now I'm like, it's funny because you, I, I mean, I have an answer right away, but it's always between two books. So I'm like, oh, because <laughs> now we're between two and three. Um, so I'm like, uh, and then I'm like, is am I leaning towards two only because it's out already? But I'm like, okay, <laughs> wait, let's really think. Um, I think it might be two only because there was like I knew going in like it was gonna pack a punch like I knew the story mm-hmm. itself what I wanted to achieve and like I does I mean I leave everybody on a cliffhanger and I've heard it for the past year about how I've tortured everybody because it's such a crazy cliffhanger and I'm like I'm sorry but you only have two months from today till the next book but um I don't know like I know like going into the whole series like book two is where the like the whole point of the story is kind of Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I love it so much. Um, and there's a lot of character development in there. And it's just like you really start, you're really getting attached. Um, and I think why I was leaning maybe towards three um, is because it it really is, I feel like it's a great like ending in a way. But um, I think why I didn't pick three though is because it is like, it was there were parts that were so hard to write like emotionally like and that always happens like in, in kind of an ending in, in like mm-hmm. a hard book so i think that's why because i i literally so i'm that type of writer with it's emotional i'm crying as i'm writing <laughs> I just, like and this one i was like ugly crying like sobbing like i'm like get oh. yourself together i'm gonna so tissue that, while I read this one then <laughs> yeah so that's why i i didn't like that so that's why yes book two is probably my my favorite um, I'm going to deviate real quick. Um, we do have t- uh, a question from um, some reviewers. And one person asks, I wonder if multiple points of views were hard to keep track of. In your experience, uh, was it easier or harder to do multiple points of view? So for me, it's easy. Only because I don't know why, but like I see the story from like every character mm-hmm. almost. So for me, it is easy to write that way. And I, I kind of, 
I surprise people when I say this too, but I write them all like sequentially. So I don't just write one character and then go to another character. Like I, I swap between each one as I'm writing. So I know that is a little crazy, but um, yeah, I, it isn't hard for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are, there are certain days where I'm like, okay, wait, we have to like track this out a little bit. And I keep like a storyboard to do that. So it mm-hmm. isn't always, it's not always seamless. Like there are kind of parts where I get like hiccups, but I don't know, for me, it, it is easy. Uh, so I know that's not for everyone though. I have um, I have a book, Adlithi is from point, multiple, uh, multiple points of views. Yeah. And my other two books are first person. Mm-hmm. And I have to say multiple points is actually easier. Is it? Okay. Because, yeah, I have to agree with you because it's, I feel, even though I love, I love my other two stories. I love, mm-hmm. I purposely made them first person because this one, their stories were more about them than everyone else. Yeah. Um, but most points of view, you're able to get like, I guess, a more well-rounded story mm-hmm. and you get to see it from other people's points of view to understand, okay, you know, sometimes I would say the main characters having that main character energy where they see and can do no wrong. But when you have multiple points, like, okay, look, you're being crazy. You're tr- you're treating this character wrong. Stop it. So, most points of view is actually easier for me because I feel like I can tell more of the story and more of the world because it's not focused on just one one person's perception of it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I I well I would say that's the other thing. I haven't had experience doing anything but multiple points of view. So I I'm glad you mentioned that because I that's all I've done. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you said it was easy too, because I was like, am I the only one who thinks this? Cause I feel like it is, but. Oh no, it definitely is because you, yeah. I feel when you have multiple points of view, you do get a more well-rounded story because it's not just the main character or the, the one, the first main character's story. You're getting yeah. the entire world story. So you can also learn a little bit more about the world that you're in, um, versus just one person's experience with it. So yay, we agree. Uh, so um what are you um working on now because i know the third one's coming out um in september so my favorite i love trilogies but i also love uh sometimes if i love the characters or the story too much i hate trilogies because i need more so (laughs) are we is this going to be a final trilogy are we going to see more from the world is it maybe going to deviate somewhere is there anything that you can let us know about what you're working on next completely something different or something still within this world? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm putting like the final touches on it. And like, when I say that, like, it's not even, it's done being written. So like final touches now is designed for me, but, um, so it is done pretty much. And I think, um, I'm, I guess I'm in that point of like, what do I want to do next? Cause I have ideas of like completely new things, Mm -hmm. but then I have like, going into this series i always thought it would be a trilogy and would just be three books but as i started writing it and i'm now at the end of the this third book i'm realizing it's it's not it's definitely more and so to me i feel like the next thing i'm probably going to tackle is continuing uh stories in this world i'm not going to like jump to something completely new um, mm-hmm. Only because, like you were saying, I have these characters now, and even I'm attached to them. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't let you go yet. Um, but the story itself, like, it, at the end of book three, it does feel like an ending. Um, but I only, 
say that because I kind of have these plans of, so Jordan is my main, my main character. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like this, these three books were his series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have these two other characters that were introduced in this Empyrean trilogy that I feel like could have their own series, but also like still bring in the people we all like all the characters that we love, but it's just going to focus on them. So I feel like the series has now become parts. Um, and so we started with the Empyrean trilogy in Jordan and now we will go on to probably part two. I have no idea. I don't have titles. I don't have any of mm-hmm. that, but it will most likely be about Sophia who is Jordan's best friend. Um, so that, yeah. Um, that reminds me of this story. Um, I think it's called the series, the wizarding, the wizard air and the sorcerer's air from William Chime, like how the first book was all about one main character, but each book was all set in the same world. On the shelf back there. I have it. Yep. My bookshelf is being redone. So it's in my bookshelf. <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. It's like all in the same world, but yeah. different view adjacent. Different view adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and we have uh, Diane Elizabeth in the comments saying, kind of like the Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I've only read the first three Percy Jackson stories because I just didn't start reading them until like this year. So I'm yeah. not sure. Is that true? Is that correct? Yeah, I would say, like, I I did all, like, the first Percy Jackson, like, five books. I've read those. But, yeah, so they definitely jump into, like, he has a lot of more, like, spinoff series. But it's all in the same world, so. Oh, okay. Oh, then I yeah. that. I, and I, I think he goes into, like, different mythology. So not just, like, Greek anymore. I think there's, like, Norse and Egyptian and all that kind of stuff. Ooh. Yeah. All in the same world? Okay. That's yeah. a whole other side of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will not be done this series as soon as I thought I was. Okay. <laughs> so um, we're getting near the end of the uh, of our chat. And I like to ask authors, um, after they have a couple books under the belts, like we do, like you do, um, what advice would you tell, I, if you could go back in time and say, hey, you're going to publish these books, but you're going to do all of this wrong. Do this instead. <laughs> What advice would you tell yourself that could also be used for future authors if you could go back in time? Uh, yeah. So I feel like I have three things that come to mind. So one is just write and get it all out on the page and you can worry about editing later because I used to be the one who I would write and then I'd start writing again, but I have to go back and read everything before I wrote anything new. And that is like, don't go back and edit, like just get it all out. There will mm-hmm. be time for editing later, but you have to get so it on true. the page. So um, true. Yeah. My, uh, I guess that's a writing advice. My other writing advice is me personally, I'm like, don't write to a trend. Like really, truly write the story that you love and are invested in because then you will like carry it out. Like if you're writing to a trend, you, you could sometimes force it because you're really not like in love with the story. So really write the story you love. And then I guess my last piece of advice, and this is more, I guess, from like the publishing experience, like as a self-publisher and indie publisher, like it's okay to make mistakes. You will make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes because mm-hmm. I was in that, like everything has to be perfect and like you can't go back and fix things or like whatever, but it you're going to make mistakes. Like it's just, it's going to happen. And people, 
it'll it'll all work out. Readers will follow you and they will stick with you even if you make a mistake. So great solid advice. Great <laughs> solid advice. Um I'm learning that we're a lot alike because I was also that person who yeah. definitely wrote chapter one and then re-read re chapter one and edited chapter one and never got to chapter two for like six months because mm -hmm. chapter one had to be perfect before I went on the chapter two. <laughs> yeah. um, that is great advice. Um, so I think that we have come to the end of our chat. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's all the time we have, but thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me tonight for, the, for our author chat. Um, it has been an amazing conversation. Um, but please make sure you follow Sarah. Um, if you're listening to this on Anchor, um, I will post her links in the bio of this episode. Um, and to everyone who is watching live, please make sure you follow Sarah. Um, I also, I believe if you've seen this on, her, on um, either Facebook or our Twitch or um, on Twitter, I have her information posted as well. Um, please, please, please check out her story because it is amazing. The covers are beautiful and I will forever be jealous that she designed them herself. <laughs> um, <laughs> once again, I am Andrea Rose Washington. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And enjoy the rest of your night, everyone. It's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Author Chat with Andrea. If you haven't, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you are alerted to each new episode. I look forward to your future listens. Cheers!